Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome into Brewcast for Amazing Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Luke Yardy here with you along with Scotty White and here with you on Monday night, October 10th, as we head into Tuesday, October 11th. Recording live with you here on the Amazing Brew YouTube page as we do every Monday with Scotty and myself. And if you're listening on the podcast, you can, of course, continue to do that. We appreciate the support. Or if you want to come and join the conversation, come and you know, join us on the Mason Brew YouTube page. Love to hear from you. Uh, make sure to post it in the live chat. We we obviously love conversing with everyone, getting everyone's thoughts, you know, on the uh, previous game at hand and what to expect with the upcoming week. And this is that first, at least for I, I, at least for me, Scotty, I think for both of us here, that, that first week where, man, it feels like a big game. What's going on? How you doing here tonight? I'm doing well, man. Um, and yes, it does. It feels like a big game. Um, you know, I got the, I've got those nerves. I got those big week, yeah. big game week nerves. Um, and I got them a little earlier than expected on Saturday in that first half there. Oh. Uh, things, things were a little shaky, but you know, Michigan six to zero. And honestly, that's that's the the craziest feeling about after this week is the fact that we're halfway through Michigan's schedule so far. Um, I, that's it feels like it just started. It just these seasons go by way too fast, man. Once October hits, right? Yeah, like, dude, you know, September, you're, you're just kind of, you're going through it because it's generally, you know, last year they, they had Washington and sometimes there's a marquee matchup in there or something like that. But this year, September's kind of crawling a little bit because you're waiting for a game to, to be a little more competitive. Yep. Got it at the end of September, uh, a little bit in the Maryland game, obviously. Yep. But um, 
you know, like you mentioned last week against Indiana, and this is ultimately, you know, not many road games on the schedule, but you had two back to back that you had to go to Kinnick and then you had to go to Indiana and you knew Indiana was going to be scrappy, but uh, first half uh, being tied 10, 10, obviously not leaving anyone with a good feeling in their mouth by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, and a huge, you know, prayers up to Mike Hart. And, yeah. you know, that that played a huge part, uh, I think, in, in what happened, you know, in that first half. Because that's so tough. Like, at the end of the day, these are college kids and they're human. And that's yep. someone that, like, they legitimately feel like they love in Mike Hart. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and to see something like that in such a scary situation happen on the sideline, it, it's going to shake you. It's going yeah. to be in the back of your mind. And, you know, the, the announcers, to, to their credit, you know, Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt, they mentioned it a few times, just get to the locker room and get regrouped. And that's yeah. kind of – Michigan had to survive a little bit in that first half. But <laughs> what a, a crazy situation, just awful, scary, incredibly yeah. scary to see Mike Hart get taken off in a stretcher off the field, to see Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards crying. Like, that shook yeah. me up a little bit, man. It did. And I can only imagine what it's like for the players. I mean, you saw – I mean, for, I, I can't even imagine. Like, I've never seen anything like that in a college football game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you saw all the other coaches and players coming up to, to Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum and, and giving them hugs. Like you said, there were tears flowing. I mean, to have something like that happen, just such a scary situation in the middle of a football game, and then expect to just put your helmet on, all right, everything's fine, let's go play this football game. I mean, it's, it's, it's even hard to think about the fact that we're playing a football game when something like that just yeah. happened um, and the uncertainty of a coach. Um, so I can't even imagine what it's like for those, for those guys, all of the players. I mean, obviously, especially the ones that work closely with Mike, but I mean, yeah, that was just a really scary situation, but really good to see today. Michigan football Twitter came out with a um, statement from Mike Hart. He's doing better looking to regroup and, and Michigan's got Fred yeah. Jackson taking over in the meantime. And, and, you know, it honestly, it, it not only affected the Michigan players, but you think about it. I mean, he was just there yeah, in Indiana in Bloomington not too long ago. There, I'm, I'm sure there's some players on – I haven't looked into it, done any deep diving, but I'm sure there are some players on that roster that, you know, he was there at yeah. Indiana when, when you know, the, those guys were there. So I'd imagine it right. shook them up a little bit too. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's just – such a bizarre situation in itself. And then to have it, the fact that he just coached so many players on that field, it's, I've, I've truly just never seen anything like that. Yeah, man, it was a very scary scene, but ultimately that, that first half was just it's super weird. You know, it you was. think about just, just the different things that happen and especially that sequence, right? Where Michigan drives down, they get stopped short of the goal line. They go to kick the field goal, gets blocked. You're like, Oh yep. God this yep. damn game, you know, and then all of a sudden Indiana's marching down the field. They get down there. Uh, they get the offensive pass interference called that negated the touchdown and they try to kick a field goal. Then you block it and yeah. you're like, man, I don't even know what's happening in this first half right now. Dude, that was just a, as bizarre of a half as I have seen. And a big part of that was, I, I really don't like to complain about refs, but that officiating crew, Oh, dude, I mean, it seemed like they were just clueless out there. And I mean, uh, it, it wasn't all bad against Michigan. It was bad against for both teams. Oh so yeah. It, 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 was, it was, it was straight yeah. competence both yeah. ways, man. It definitely was. And, and Joel Klatt commented on it a couple times. He was like, these, these, this officiating crew is having problems and they were, um, I mean, 
I just hate unsportsmanlike. Like, uh, to flag someone for celebrating a football, man, I mean, it's such an emotional game. Well, it he's, completely he's changed ev- It completely it changed did. everything because it was going to be like third and 20, I believe. Yeah. Dude, at, they could have score on that drive. Yeah, they went and kicked the f- – or uh, was that the touchdown or the field, the field goal drive, right? It, it, they definitely scored. I think it was the field they, goal They drive. scored. I know they scored yeah. points. And it completely changed the complexion. Michigan had them pinned deep after the sack. They almost certainly weren't going to get a, a first down, you know, from a regular play given the down and distance that was going to be there. I guess, you know, another defensive penalty is always uh, a yeah, possibility right. in that scenario. But the likelihood of Michigan getting the ball back in pretty good field position was fantastic. Instead, you give them a free first down, 15 yards, they go down and put points on the board. Yeah, I mean, that totally changes that drive. And, and it happened again. I mean, a lot of people were saying it was a makeup call, but, I mean, get the call right the first time. Makeup for what? On DJ Turner, the, the pass interference on DJ Turner, people were saying, was a makeup call for the play before, which I didn't even think there was a pass interference on the play before. No. But either way, it, it, make the call right the first time if you're going to make the call because that wasn't pass interference. And I think that was the drive that they scored a touchdown on. Um, and then, obviously, like, it took – after Indi- the Indiana touchdown they took back, I mean, the kicker's out there ready to kick when then they start talking about it. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a more clueless officiating crew in my entire life, but that was just yeah, the cherry it, on top of a very weird half. It was a, such a weird half. I was I was relieved to see it get it to halftime oh, yeah. at that point, you know. But, but this has kind of been uh, a little bit of the MO. Michigan starts strong. They go down and score on, on the opening drive, and then – I don't know. They just kind of, I don't want to say play with their food a little bit, but it's kind of what they do, you know? Yeah. And it, it was kind of the theme offensively uh, quite a bit in that game until Michigan in the second half was able to string a couple of things together. You know, it's like, especially because we, we talked about it last week, Indiana being one of the worst pass defenses in the country. And, you know, Blake Corum had the beautiful run, the 55-yard made, you know, chicken soup out of, you know, chicken, you know, and, you know, sets himself up uh, for for a touchdown there on the opening drive. Other than that, though, you know, IU was doing a great job. They had a great game plan for for guarding against Michigan's runs. But, man, the tendencies, they were just the same all game for the most part. You know, a lot of runs on first down, a lot of show the formation. And I understand maybe that was a thing where Michigan is looking ahead to next week a a little bit. But at the end of the day, this is my problem with it, right? Because – this is the thing that that people pointed to, and I understand it. I don't. I don't want you to open up the kitchen sink for Indiana when, when you got a matchup against Penn State coming around the way. But it was a 10-10 game in the second half, man. Right. Like to to continue to throw the wheelchair at a wall, it, it just wasn't working. Use a little play action on first down, and when they finally yeah. did, things opened up. Put the ball in JJ's hands. That is a great opportunity for him in that game to get a little more confidence, do some different reads. I would love to see the passing offense have a little more creativity rather than put them in shotgun four wide and then just run the routes. Let's get some motion. Let's get some play action going. And I think they're going to need that against a pretty good Penn state defense uh, here this week, you know, and I understand it's a, it's a tendency thing. You're setting up tendencies to hopefully break them against Penn state. But I mean, look at, look at Ohio state, look at Alabama, like, you don't see these teams just continuously doing that, right? They're just like, we're going to do what we do on the offensive side of the ball, and we'll see if you're good enough to stop us. We're going to put what we do on film. We're going to add some wrinkles here and there for the big games, but we're not going to set up these little things and continue to run it on every first down just so we can hit you with play action next week. We're going to throw it all over the yard with you on you, and we'll see if you got the guys that can make plays to stop us. 
Yeah, yeah. The play calling I was not super thrilled with. Just knowing what Penn State or sorry, what Indiana's defense has done. I mean, yeah, like like I was gonna say, what Wayne said, it, it just becomes too predictable. Um, and for a defense, for a pass defense like Indiana's. I love Luke Schoonmaker, but I mean, just so many checkdowns to the tight end when I, I thought that, I mean, dude, JJ threw for 300 yards, three touchdowns, I think 78% oh, yeah. completion. Something. When they finally, when they finally let him sling it a little yeah, bit, it worked. That's, that's when they exploded and ran away with the game um, to really end up getting a comfortable win. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that, that was one thing I was going to give the, the coaches credit for. The halftime adjustments were really good because the yeah, defense, oh yeah. they only – Especially, yeah, only, Jesse Minter was a menace yeah. in that second half, yeah, man. The, the defense was – that was maybe the best half of football I've seen them play. Because, um, I mean, the defense was struggling The in the – I mean – It was were, a numbers game. It was a great game yeah. plan from Tom Allen. They put it the was. four wide receivers out, and Michigan put three guys over there, and Indiana can block yeah. on the outside, and, and they're good at – you're guaranteed damn near to get six yards a pop when you do that. And That's they just right. never were able to, to do it. But I did love – I loved the subbing from the opposite side of the field every time Indiana made a substitution. Oh, yeah. Slow them right down, man. That yep. was that was a beautiful game of chess that was being played. It was, except for, of course, when the refs that are supposed to let it happen don't and call an illegal substitution. I was losing my ab- I was losing my mind at that, dude. Like I have never seen that. Like that that should be a flag on you. Like you are the one that messed up. Like that was absolutely. That was that was insane. Um, but yeah, that was really smart because, I mean, it's something we kind of saw in that Michigan State game last year, just the really quick tempo, spreading out the defense is, is sometimes things that, that get Michigan tripped up a little bit. Um, but the adjustments at, at halftime were great. I think with going into Indiana's last drive and garbage time there, I think they were held to under 30 yards in the, in the whole yeah. second half. So that was awesome because, I mean, Indiana had they, – they really easily could have come out with 21 points in the first half. Um, they were held, held to a field goal on one drive and then the blocked field goal on another, but their offense really was, was having their way with Michigan's defense a little bit in the first half. And it was a little bit concerning, but the halftime adjustments were great. Yeah, they were, they were, and they went out there and dominated and man, it's great to see the the pass rush really has started to tick up a little bit. I I will say, I I think the numbers against Iowa are a little skewed, um, Mm -hmm. because they were able to get it kind of late. You know, they had the one drive where they had two sacks and two quarterback pressures, on Petrus. Uh, other than that, they didn't put a lot of pressure on him uh, mm-hmm. throughout the game. So I really think the sack numbers from that game are a little skewed. But this one, man, they were dominating up front. And yeah. and I believe, you know, there there were plenty of them where there were forced throwaways. You know, that's almost just as valuable as a sack yeah. in a lot of situations. You know, that it doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but you force, you know, an immobile quarterback to move out and just have to throw it halfway into the stands. Like that's that's a down loss for them. You know, like that's a, that's a big play that doesn't quite show up. And they were able to get pressure all day. And it is really great to see Iavioki, man, because this guy is truly, truly is a game changer. Can be a game wrecker out there. I mean, he that one in the second half towards the end of the game where he put the guard on his ass, just went right through him. And, and was able to come up with a big play. He's starting to figure it out a little more. Love that they're dropping him into coverage a little bit. Uh, almost had an interception against Indiana. Like, that's a big thing because that's what teams try to do when you have a good pass rush is those little hot, you know, little outs to the to the sideline. He did it against Iowa. He was right there. I, I think it was the opening drive against Petrus, and Petrus threw it pretty much right to him, you know, in, in for an easy or, or maybe he had to throw it away because he was right there. Yeah. Um, and they did it against Indiana as well. And, and so you can tell that his 
just natural pass rushing ability is through the roof. You could see yeah. why he was the number three player in the yeah. country coming out of high school. But now he's starting to learn the scheme a little bit because he was late coming in. Like mm-hmm. it's it's hard to, it's hard to learn an entire defensive scheme. Everyone's got a leg up on you because it's right. the same scheme that they ran last year. So you got to come in and you're already behind the eight ball. But he's really coming on. True freshman Derek Moore is really starting to come on. And then Mike Morris is becoming the guy that was promised this yeah. offseason. Definitely. Dude, he's been huge. I mean, he's he's the one that got the blocked field goal too. Um, yeah. And yeah, the pass rush was incredible on Saturday, which was great to see. And it's been interesting because Michigan's got 22 sacks so far this year. They're at 14 at this point last year. But it's it's just been like one game it's there, one game it's not. You know, I mean, more than right. half of those sacks have come in just two games. There's been two seven-sack games. Um so, you know, it's got it's got to show up every week, especially in, in these big games like against Penn State. I mean, that's how Michigan won against Ohio State last year. And it's not like you said, it's not just getting to the quarterback and getting the sack. I mean, the reason obviously Michigan had some good luck sacking Stroud in that game against Ohio State, but he yep. did not have time to stand in the pocket at all that entire game. And that's and that's what and that's, that's how you win with that too high shell. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know? there's some athletic quarterbacks can, that can ex- escape the sack, but if they're just sitting in the pocket all day with all times, all kinds of time to throw, we even saw Petrus in again in, in the Iowa game. Yes. He had some good throws. When you give anybody that much time, they're going to tear you up. So obviously, sacks are great, but I mean, just chasing them out of the pocket is, is the key there. And then you know, offensively, for as much as we complain about the play calling and whatnot, at the end of the day, you look at the box score, and it was a phenomenal day: 469 yards of offense, 300 through the air. Uh, JJ, you know, popped the cherry with his first interception. Uh, yeah. you know, it was, uh, it, it was a bad call by him to, to throw that pass, but you live and you learn. Obviously in that time, it's like, oh God, cause it's 17, 10, yeah. you, you get a field goal there. The way the defense is playing, you right. ought, you ice the game, right? Yeah. Like, but we, we didn't know it at the time. We didn't know it was going to end up 31, 10. All of a sudden right. you give the ball back to Indiana and they got new life. You throw that pick in the end zone. Um, yep. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't a, a good read by him, but at the end of the day, he came back uh, incredibly strong. I, I'm yeah. looking for the stat right now. Um, I saw it earlier on Twitter and I forgot to bookmark it and I'm kicking myself over it, but I saw after the interception, he went, uh, someone posted, he went 10 for 10 for like 184 yards and a couple yeah. touchdowns or something like that. Yeah. He was unreal post interception. Yeah. I saw, I saw that same tweet. I, I want to say it was 10 for 10 for like one. It was one something. I, I don't think it was quite 184, but I want to say it was 102 or 104, but I mean, either way, okay. he, he was simply dialed in after the interception. Um, yeah. I mean, you make a mistake and you learn from it and that's exactly what he showed. Uh, and yeah, dude, like, like you said, the, the Michigan, when they let him sling it in the second half, the offense looked great. He was hitting his his longer throws. I don't think that there was even a single deep ball shot in this game, really, that I remember. No. Um, certainly not a missed one or anything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing about Michigan. And it happened last year, too, is sometimes they don't have the, the pretty blowout run up the scores like ever, all the fans want to see, like Ohio State sees. But then you go back and, like you said, you look at the box score and, and you see it's a very productive day. It was a 21-point win and, and really dominant second half. Um, so in real time, you're watching it. Sometimes you can be kind of frustrated, but it really ended up looking like a, a pretty good game. Yeah, and I've been waiting for Bill Connolly here. I don't know if he's posted it quite yet. He does the advanced box score uh, tweet thread, right, uh, every mm-hmm. week, and usually he's got Michigan in there. I don't see one uh, for Michigan here this week, but but I am curious at what the, the postgame win expectancy was. 
yeah. uh, for Michigan because yeah. I, I still would imagine that it was rather high, even though it, you know, it was a 10 10 game. I think people are overreacting like that first half. Like, I mean, again, the, the Mike Hart situation definitely played a role in that. Yeah. And then Michigan went out and they, they dominated, but it's a bit of an overreaction when you see, you know, Michigan dropping in the polls and things yeah. like that. I understand it. The, the polls mean nothing to me yeah, at they, the end of the day. The AP poll is fun. Uh, oh, here we go. Wayne Wayne went and found it for us. Post interception, 10 for 10, 104 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, what? What more can you ask for that? That's yeah. a that's a guy in his first year as a full time starter, the the five star guy in his true sophomore season, going out there and responding that way to his first ever career interception. I mean, that's in, that's that is a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, that's in just over a quarter. So yeah, I mean, that's that's a great response. It, it it is beautiful, and finally getting Andre Anthony a little more involved. My God, I, I do wonder. The, the only thing that makes sense, and people keep you know bring this up quite a bit. Why aren't we seeing more Andre Anthony? And trust me, I'm with you because yeah. he made two monster catches finding the soft spot, some zones there in the second half, particularly when Michigan was backed up. Had one on that 99 yard touchdown drive. Um, but I, I'm wondering, is he just not a great blocker on the outside? Because that's one thing you got to be able to do to play in this yeah. offense. You, you know, Ronnie Bell is unreal. <laughs> Cornelius Johnson yeah. can block the hell out of the football. Even Roman Wilson, uh, when he's out there, it, I, I don't know. Is, is Andro just not quite there yet as a pass or as a run blocker? Because that's the only reason I would imagine that he's not getting significant routes and significant targets. Yeah, I, I don't know either because, I mean, when he's targeted, he's making the catch. It's not like he's having drops or anything. He's fast. He he really has a skill set very similar to the rest of um, the rest of the wide receivers. Um, I can't think of another reason either. Um, yeah. But you mentioned Cornelius Johnson, and that was another guy who made a mistake and bounced right back, had yeah. his drop very next play – or not next play, but his next target on the drive. Takes it for a touchdown, makes a nice move. It's it's just great to see when a guy has a tough play like that and just an immediate response and an immediate good play right after. He he is one though. Like he had four catches and two touchdowns, and it didn't even feel like it. He he's a guy right. that almost like where is Cornelius Johnson been? And, and right. then you go and look at it, like I, that's mind blowing to me. You know. Yeah. Yeah, he had a huge day. Uh, I think the second one was the last touchdown, six yards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and dude, that one that he dropped, he was probably taking that for six too. He had, he was looking up the field. He was man head before he caught it. Cause he had a lot of, Hey, that was a big moment too. That was still, that was a tie game, right? At that point, it was, it was still 10, 10. tie game or 17 to 10. It was, yeah, I, I thought it was tied and that's what Michigan was, was backed tied, yeah. up on the, on the one yard yeah, line. Right. Yeah, and that was the second down play that he dropped. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Yeah. What else could go wrong? And then Ronnie Bell makes a huge play on that yeah. third down. How how steady has he been in his return, Dude, man? Oh. He has been, he's been so bit Just Mr. Consistent and go to yep. whenever you want. I mean, he's getting like seven, eight receptions every game. And, and dude, coming up against Penn State, you know he's remembering that 2019 game. Yep. Look for a big day for Ronnie this week. Yeah, let's. Well, it's going to be a monster matchup in the Big Ten. We got number 10 versus number five and a couple unbeatens in the Big Ten. Before we get there, I want to let you know that Brewcast is thanks to our friends over at Manscaped, ready to make sure your fall is right. You got to get that beautiful platinum package 4.0. Everything you need, it's a 10 part package. It's amazing. You got the lawnmower, which is phenomenal. The weed whacker, nose and ear trimmer. Uh, they got the 
the body wash and ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. I mean, it's, a, it's the ultimate grooming package, and we're going to help you out. We are getting you 20% off and free shipping. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Head to manscaped.com, insert code MNB20. That's MNB20, 20% off, free shipping. Make sure you're good to go this fall with our friends over at Manscaped. So a wonderful matchup coming up here this weekend in the big house. Uh, Penn State has really turned some heads here this year, man. Uh, You know, started the year unranked all the way up to number 10. Got a nice win on the road against Auburn. uh, Dominating win against Auburn. But the last time they were on the field, they're also coming in off a bye. So you know that a little extra extra preparation. Always tough to go against. Uh, But the last time they were out there, man, uh, 17-7 over Northwestern. I think five turnovers in that game. I know the conditions were not great, but they weren't even tied in the late first half with Central Michigan the week prior to that. So um, it, it's a really hit or miss team sometimes, I feel like. But at the same time, Michigan has been the last few weeks as well. Yeah, dude. I mean, this is one. Uh, I mean, this is. I guess now we have Illinois is looking like potentially a ranked matchup. But before Ohio State, uh, this is this is it. Um, who knows where Illinois will be at when, when we get there, but, um, yeah, this is a huge game. And I think that, I think Penn state's really good. It is tough to tell. Cause like you said, kind of hit or miss sometimes. I think Auburn is really, really bad too. Um, oh, yeah. so I think oh, that, yeah. that definitely plays, <laughs> they don't have to look too much into that blowout against Auburn because Auburn's pretty bad, but this is no, Still doubt it was tough it. to go on the, the road and oh, win yeah. a game like yeah. that. Yeah. You know? That's a really tough environment too. I think they had like an orange out going for that Auburn game too. So definitely not discrediting them. That's a, that's a good win. Um, and they took care of business. They won like 41, 12, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is, this is as big as it gets top 10 showdown, two undefeateds. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you this, Michigan can't come out and play them like they did it in the first half against Indiana and expect to come out with a win against the top 10 team. Cause it's just not well, going to happen. And, and here's the thing, man, this is a legit defense yeah. that you're going up here this yeah. week. They rank sixth in SP plus on the defensive side of the football, which is a little bit better. Michigan, Michigan ranks ninth on that side of the ball. Obviously the, the offense for Penn state, that's the, that's the issue, but you've got a guy in in Clifford who's been there for 12 years and he really knows the offense under Franklin. He's an experienced guy and he could give you some problems with his legs, you know, a little bit. And remember Penn state, they had a really good chance to knock off Michigan last year in happy Valley before the Eric all play. Like you can't be take, obviously no one's going to be taking this game light. It's a top 10 matchup, you know, but Michigan still a touchdown favorite against the Nittany Lions here this week. But at the end of the day, they're a team coming off uh, an extra week uh, on the bye week. They've got a good run game. So here's, here's kind of what I'm concerned about as well, right? Is Michigan has still been gashed a few times. Even Indiana was able to have a couple of nice runs. Iowa, uh, was able to Maryland a couple of times. Like sometimes Michigan, I, I don't know what happened. Some big holes open up, and honestly, it could have been a, a monster one for Indiana if there if you saw a cutback lane on one of those plays uh, out there. Michigan was able to bottle up, but ultimately, this kid Singleton, the freshman, the true freshman, uh, he's a legit yeah. threat. He's a home run threat every time he touches the football. Michigan's got to be buttoned up on that side. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've, I've definitely got some concerns going into this game. Um, yeah, I mean, one one positive is Michigan's defense last year against Penn State 
absolutely yeah. dominated the Nittany Lions. Which well, they which like didn't even they they like forgot to block Hutchinson on like yeah. three plays last the, year. The pressure was, I mean, Clifford was on his ass that entire game. So yeah, obviously not the same defense, but this defense did handle them very well last year. Um, but I mean, it's the play calling for the offense. It's got to be more second half in like similar to the second half against Indiana. Not the run, not too many runs on first down when the run game's not working. This is a defense where passing the ball is going to be what beats them, um, and that's downfield yeah. passes, not the checkdowns to the tight end. So, I, I mean, obviously, I've got full trust in the coaches, and, and I hope that they realize that. Um, but I think I think that's definitely got to be the game plan, um, and and I'm a little bit concerned about that because I thought that there was going to be more of that against Indiana. I mean, there were times where it was pretty clear that that's what was working and they still weren't going to it. Um, so I just hope that that's not the case this week against Penn State. Yeah, and well, at the end of the day, this is a team that allows 262 yards through the air per game. So, you know, you, they probably saw some things, put a couple of things out there on film to see what they can improve and see what worked against Indiana and hopefully uh, able to go to it. Again, would love to see more play action on first down. I think that's really yeah. going to open things up. And then once you do, and they start softening that coverage a little bit, Blake Corum's going to be able to hit him. Like yeah. offensively, Michigan should be able to move the football here this week. Granted that there's no turnovers or anything like that. And at the end of the day, you got kind of history on your side. James Franklin, uh, historically in these games, is just simply, you know, not all that great, uh, particularly yeah. on the road and coming to the big house. Yeah. Um, so that that's the thing. And, you know, I know it's a it's a very good defense that Penn State has, but Michigan's got the guy. Sounds like Roman Wilson's going to be back here this week. I think it was just concussion protocol a, a week ago. So you're going to have, you know, all of your weapons at, at your helm. I, I think as far as I know, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards are still healthy. You just never know with running backs, right? right uh, that's right. the that's the one thing. But as long as they are, um, you know, uh, Barnhart's probably going to be the guy at right tackle here this week. Trent A. Jones, I can't imagine, is going to be going coming off the high ankle sprain. But other than that, um, you know, Michigan's pretty healthy going into this game, which is all you can ask for this time of year. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that Michigan's definitely going to have to score some points in this one. I think that, you know, so far with some of the struggles that we've seen from the defensive side um, against Maryland, against Iowa, against uh, Indiana, there were some drives that, that those teams couldn't quite finish. Um, but a better team like Penn State, you know, they're going to take advantage of that. They're going to finish some drives for touchdowns. Um, so Michigan's got to do the same. Like you said, you got all your receivers, you know, really let let J.J. sling it, you know, three 350 yards, man. I want to see that this week. Um, and, and he's got the weapons for it. Penn State's defense, that's where their weaknesses are. Um, so I think if Michigan really goes for that kind of play calling, I think that they should be fine. Um, but this, I, ex I expect a pretty close game. This is an interesting question from Tyler Fields, talking about Joey Porter Jr. here. Uh, he said, we think they're going to have Porter on Bell all game. It's an interesting one because there's I, – I, I don't know if you can do that. Like, Bell's obviously – the guy, but if you give too much attention to him, like especially with Roman Wilson being back, he'll pop the top off the defense. Yeah. And if Joey Porter is completely locked on to Ronnie Bell, Bell is an incredible blocker. And I think that they could use that to their advantage because if you're following a receiver every which every you know play, every side of the field, um, that is the first thing that comes to mind. Not necessarily looking for, you know, exactly uh, a blocker looking in the backfield, seeing play recognition becomes an issue when that's the case. Um, and 
at the end of the day, Michigan's got more guys than Ronnie Bell that could beat you. I, I'd understand if Penn State did it because Ronnie has been, you know, fantastic. But with Roman Wilson coming back uh, and, and the Blake big play ability being there, it, it'll be interesting. That'll be an interesting chess match, Tyler. And uh, very, very much looking forward to see what they do with Joey Porter Jr. Because uh, one of the, if not the best defensive back in the Big Ten. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's what that's one of the positives for Michigan. And one of their strengths is that they've just got so many guys on the receiving end that have the ability of Ronnie Bell. Um, so, yeah, that, that that definitely will be an interesting thing to keep an eye on because Michigan can go a lot of other ways if he's being locked up. And, and I will say you, you don't I don't think you shy away like you don't ultimately completely take that read off the board. If you're J.J., when you take a look and see where Joey Porter Jr., is lined up but also he's not a guy that you go after all game you know what I'm saying so that'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what Toronto or Matt Weiss want to do there as well are are they scheming it to to take him out by uh you know if if he is following Ronnie are they going to use him not in a decoy per sense but not giving him you know all that much of a chance to to win some of those routes you know just take him out of the play send him vertical make sure that um Porter is out of the way and then you clear it out for a little crosser underneath and let Bell do his thing and block downfield so there's a couple different ways to combat that yeah um yeah and I think another big thing to to keep an eye out for in this game is you know, like like Penn State had their their tough game at Auburn, but you know this is the first you know ranked matchup for both of these teams. I'd expect you know maybe maybe some fake punts to come out, um, maybe some some trick plays that we haven't seen yet before. Uh, I think that they're definitely. You know, we haven't seen yet this year, Scotty. What? We haven't seen a single flea flicker. We have not, and that was huge for Michigan last year. They loved the yeah. flea flicker. Maybe it comes out this week. You never know. I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see some more creativity. I really do. I think that they've been saving some stuff for this first big game. I also, I, I'll tell you what I would really like to see. We saw it a little bit, and it worked out quite well. Let's get, let's get Donovan Edwards in the slot a little bit. See yeah. if we can get a little linebacker matchup out there and attack the middle of the field. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that had, I think they've only done it about like one time, but it worked yeah. really well. We thought it was um, going to be a major part of the offense coming into this season, yeah. eh, given how last uh, the end of last season. I mean, it really should be, because when he gets those mismatches, man, it is, it is dangerous. Yeah. So, th- th- it'll be... It'll be fun, man. I'm, I, this is this is one of those times where I'm just I, I'm I'm excited about the game. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Really it's excited. it's a monster matchup. I'm nervous for it. I'm going to be a nervous wreck throughout the entire thing. Yeah, but I miss that feeling. I know, I know. It's and like it's it's a different feeling going into it rather than being nervous because the team's sloppy and you're letting a bad team hang around. Like yeah. that is a completely different feeling that I do not like. That sucks. But I, I love <laughs> that. That feeling sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But when you know it's a big matchup going in, uh, you know, I've, I've got no problem with the nerves. Oh yeah. I mean, this is just one of those weeks, obviously every week I just, I'm thinking about the game all week. I can't wait, but it's just got a different feel when it's undefeated going at it in the big house. Um, I'll be at the game. I can't wait. And really I haven't, gotten those kind of nerves since the Ohio State game because the Iowa right. game, the Big Ten championship was over like that, and unfortunately so was the college football playoff. So, Lewis Blake says here, I know people get so upset when it's said, but I just don't think they're putting a lot on film, and we alluded to this earlier in the show, and we agree with you. It's a, it's a set-up tendencies to break tendencies sort of thing, but again, when, when you are Michigan and you've got the, you know, a top 10 offense, SP+, you've got home run hitters, like you don't have to do that, man. 
at the end of the day. And I understand it's gotten them to this point. They're undefeated. All right, let's go do it. I, I totally get it. But also making sure that the offense is in rhythm and playing on time consistently. For me, that's a little more important than, than right. setting up tendencies to break them because you, you need everyone on the same page, especially when Sharon Moore and Matt Weiss, like the guy, Josh Gaddis, who ultimately was calling the plays last year, is now gone. I understand there are, you know, some questions of whether or not Gaddis was, you know, really that great of a coordinator and whatnot, but he was ultimately the guy last <laughs> year, right? And now you got two guys that, that are calling these plays. They need, I think, a little more rhythm on, on their side as well. So uh, I, I get it. I get why Jim Harbaugh does it, and it's worked for him to this point. Guy's yeah. been a hell of a coach everywhere he's gone and had a ton yeah. of success. Um, and, but at the end of the day, you know, sometimes you can break those tendencies when it's a tie game in the second half and you're on the road against an undermatched team because right. the last thing you want is a team like that hanging around. So, yeah. Uh, but it's worked to them. They're six and zero, and they're they're going into a monster matchup at home against Penn State. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely could see that being the case. Um, I know. I mean, you got to think like the coaches know that this is a very easy schedule in terms like compared to normal years. And really, Harbaugh is just a guy that just goes out and does what needs to be done to win a football yeah. game. He doesn't care what the score is. He doesn't care how pretty it is. He it's wants been, it's been so workmanlike this year. Even fifty nine, even fifty nine, nothing over UConn yeah. felt like just workman. You know, it is, dude. And and I mean, it, it works. And then you get to that last game against Ohio State, and you know, Michigan. After this Penn State game, obviously Michigan State's always tough. I mean, it's a rivalry game, but they're sitting at two and four right now. Illinois is ranked, but I mean, who knows where they'll be? They really could. I mean, obviously this is a really tough game this week. They're going to have to pull some more stuff out, but I mean, you can't blame him if if he's just going out there and, and getting what needs to get done to get a win and then pull everything out against Ohio State. They don't know what's coming. Yeah, would uh, would be a great feeling to get this one that going into be. a bye week, man. Yeah, would be, that, uh, that would be with Michigan State. Be, it'd be a kick the feet up sort of week at that point. Yep, just getting ready for Sparty. That yep. one, no matter what, you're going to be nervous for that, man. Absolutely, man. So, yeah, yeah no, it's going to be a great Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. And now I'm after tonight, man, I'm even more excited. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, so much other good football this week, too. I mean, it's oh, just this, it's this Saturday sport. is going to be absolutely bananas. I, I cannot wait, dude. This slate's incredible. Scotty, where can we find you on social media, friend? You guys can give me a follow on Twitter at Scotty White underscore all the podcasts, all the football posts going there and, and soon some basketball stuff too starting to creep yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Big thanks to everyone who is in the chat and hanging out with us on the Mesa Brew YouTube page, uh, doing the live show as we do every Monday night. So if you're listening on the podcast, we invite you to come hang out on Monday nights on the Mesa Brew YouTube page. Make sure to subscribe there, maybe hit the bell so that you know, you you know exactly when we're going live. And thanks to all of you, uh, Wayne, Tyler, Evan, Walter, Lewis, for for hanging out in the chat, giving us your comments, your questions. Uh, absolutely love interacting with you guys. And subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And we got a lot of great podcasts throughout the week to get you through the week because we know how long Saturday to Saturday is. So for my partner, Scotty White, I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next week on Brewcast.